Welcome to Space Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. And this is our 37th official episode. This is the beginning of Season 2 of Space the Floor two. NBA Podcast. Our sophomore year, I guess. It's if pretty exciting. Year, if last year was our rookie year. And today, you just tell them what we're going to do. Today we're going to be doing some sort of power rankings, but it's not your traditional you know, ESPN Bleacher Report power rankings that are just going to rank every team from both conference from 1 to 30. We're just going to sort of break it down into Eastern Conference and Western Conference, basically predict the end of the regular season standings heading into the playoffs. So which team will finish with the best record, the second best record, and so on and so forth, just for the top eight. And then we've also got a sort of ninth and tenth in mind as sort of like who would be close to making the playoffs but not quite there. Yeah. Um, and so I think we'll start off with the Eastern Conference. Yep. Um, I think that probably the Western Conference is a little bit closer with one through eight and probably a little bit more like as it always is everywhere in the west it's really like the first team through the eighth team like it's all just so interchangeable through, yeah through the 12th 13th, yeah honestly. that's true that's yeah when i was making my list i was like okay 13 teams can make the playoffs this year yeah that was and the same case last year i think that at the, at the top of the east there's going to be some variation between our lists but it's like for the most part going to be pretty like laid out where there's gonna be like one spot yeah. plus minus yeah. um but let's start off with the eighth spot I have the Miami have? Heat. Miami Heat. Okay. Who, who do you have? At eight, I've got the Orlando Magic. Did, the Miami Heat made your playoffs. They did. Okay. For me, I like when when I put them at eight, I was thinking, hmm, they they have one of the best players in the Eastern Conference. But yes. personally, I think Jimmy Butler's like actually aged over the past like fifteen months or so. I think he's a little bit pa- past his prime, in my opinion, and I think that like. I don't know. I don't like the the way this Miami roster is built because they've been trying to be decent the past four years, ever since LeBron left, pretty much. And while they have they have some solid players, like I'm, I'm a huge Goran Dragic fan, but yeah. I think that the way it's constructed, they have everyone who's like pretty in shape. But I think the, their lack of shooting, I think the only thing that would propel them to like a six seed, which is maybe where they are talent wise, is if like a Tyler Harrow was in a rookie of the year conversation. I, I totally agree with you. Where like this team, the Miami Heat, are always pushing for playoff contention. And with Jimmy Butler, like you're always gonna be a team in the Eastern Conference that is going to be sort of in like the lower half, but like still sort of in competition. But I don't think that just signing Jimmy Butler is enough to really push you into like the top five, let's say, of like a pretty stacked Eastern Conference. That's just like very top heavy in general. Um but I do think I got them a little bit higher because I do think that, you know, you mentioned that Jimmy Butler's aging, but I still think he's only 29 years old. Like, I think I think Jimmy Butler's still got a decent amount left in the tank. Um, and there are definitely some concerns. Like, he just went from the third or fourth option on the Sixers, probably, like, to the number one guy on the Miami Heat, yeah. which is a huge adjustment. And especially with Dwayne Wade now gone, he's walking to a locker locker room that essentially has no veteran presence other than him. Or maybe not no, none, but like he is easily, there's no question who everybody's going to look to as the locker room guy, I think, as Jimmy Butler. But with everything that we've heard over the last few years about the problems that he's been creating in locker rooms, that's got to be a little bit concerning at the same time. Like, Yeah, I, I would say that talent alone, they have to be in the playoffs, but I think this is going to be an underwhelming season for the Miami Heat. Everyone, everything I've seen, yeah, every list has them at like a six seed. Like yeah. competing with the Celtics and the Nets and whatever. Yeah, I, I don't. But I don't know. I don't I think, see it. Yeah, I don't see it because, I mean, 
Goran Dragic is 33, first of all. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like him, but I think that he's gone from a borderline all-star in the East to now being maybe an above-average point guard. Yeah. And if that's your yeah. second-best player, then like that's very, very underwhelming when you're playing a, I, a league that has so much parity now. It's not like there I are agree. throwaway teams at the bottom, really. Yeah. I, like, I think there are, I, like when you're making your list, there's like three throwaway teams at the East and maybe two at the West. Throwaway teams is in like, you can walk in and you should be like, we should beat this team. We should beat the Knicks. Mm-hmm. We should beat the Cavs. We should the beat Wizards, the... Mm, I didn't have the Wizards as a throwaway team. Uh, the Knicks, the Cavs, the Suns, the Grizzlies. Yeah. And uh, one other team. But I, I think that overall, I think that you're, this league is so much parity. So I think a few mediocre teams are going to suffer. I think Miami Heat is definitely going to be one of those teams. I think they're going to get their asses kicked in the first round by the Bucks. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I mean, I've only got the Miami Heat one spot above you at, at number seven. But at number eight, I've got the Orlando Magic. They were last year's seven seed, and they re-signed Nikola Vucevic but, and added Al Farouk Aminu. But other than that, they kind of didn't do anything, which means that with a couple teams moving up in the Eastern Conference or climbing their ranks, and they didn't make any moves to match those improvements. That's too low, dog. That's too low? That's too low. I have the Orlando but, Magic but okay. at six. But what did they do to get better from last year? They just they didn't they didn't Inter- make any internal improvements. That's what I would say. When so who's of- so who's getting better? Jonathan Isaac, Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon, Mo Bamba. I I guess so, but I to be honest with you, I can't see any of those guys making a jump that's going to push them above a team like you know like the Ma- the Heat or the Raptors. The Raptors. Oh my God. Uh, he- you have the Raptors on your list? I'll, I'll get to it. Wow. Okay. All right. No, but yeah, no, so I got, the magic, let's talk about the, magic. I got the magic at eight. I think, okay. Talk about the magic. I mean, that's that's sort of my that's sort of my whole argument is like, while other teams have gotten better in the Eastern Conference, I don't think that their internal improvement is going to be enough to really push them up in an Eastern Conference that has gotten even more top heavy. I, I just I think like I think the eight is the right spot for them. Like Nikola Vucevic, solid guy. He made the All Star team last year, but like. He's not as good as Jimmy Butler, I'm, and so I'm, the Heat are going to be yeah, better. What than I'm the, saying than is, like, no one on this team is like old and is going to get worse. You have Vucevic, who's 28 years old. Terrence Ross, who's 28 years old. Yeah, both of who just got a payday. So I feel like that, yes, that could even like increase their performance. But if I'm putting on, if I'm putting money on Nikola Vucevic or Jimmy Butler to lead their team to more games, I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler. And obviously, I do agree with you that the that the Magic are going to have internal improvements. They've that's won. Make, they've it's won a player make, over the age of 30. The, the Magic are going to have internal improvements that are going to make their supporting cast around Nikola Vucevic better than Jimmy Butler's in Miami. But I still think that I'm going to put my money on Jimmy Butler to win more games in Miami. Not I, enough to like really be competitors in the West, but to get the seven seed over the Orlando Magic, who are going to get the eight seed, I, I, in my I, opinion. Okay. That's I, what, I, mean, I have that's them what, that's all the way up at six because I think this is just a well-built team. They finally got their act together after years of just being what the Phoenix Suns are right do now. Do they have a point guard? DJ Augustine, the GOAT. Markel Fultz, <laughs> who I'm still optimistic about. I, I, I agree with you that I'm, like, you're, that I'm optimistic about Markel Fultz, but like, if Markel Fultz is really the second best point guard in your roster and that's what you're banking on right now... They got Michael Carter-Williams. who <laughs> <laughs> Just think about the names that you're listing, dude. <laughs> Don't think about it. No. I just, I just don't see it. I don't think that they made the improvements necessary. I, and I think that the Miami Heat did. And so that I think that the Miami Heat going into next season are going to win more games than the Orlando Magic. And I think that's that. I think Aaron Gordon's going to get his act together. He's going to improve. I, I see Mo Bamba improving. 
I, I, I agree I, with Evan, you. Evan Fournier is only 26. They're uh, all going to get better. They're okay. all going to get better. All, you, you, said, you said I don't see anyone making a big enough jump to I make a difference. A big enough jump. Uh, not a big enough jump to make no difference, but a big enough okay. jump to make a difference okay. that they would be better than this Th- Miami This Orlando team. Magic team isn't built on huge jumps and huge performances. Their Agreed. best player is Nikola freaking Vucevic, who was an all-star res- <laughs> reserve because someone else got injured. Yeah. This team, this, or- this Orlando Magic team got their way by playing decent offense, good defense, and just not turning the ball over a lot. I'm pretty sure. Who in this team is playing good defense? Al Aminu. (laughs) Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac. Mo Bamba. Aaron Gordon. (laughs) Aaron Gordon's not a very good defender. Yes, he is. He's like uh, average at best. I don't think that's true. I really don't. Aaron Gordon's an average defender. Nikola Vucevic is a below average defender. Okay. DJ Augustine, we're below regular average defender. <laughs> we're talking about the regular season. Evan and Fournier, Nicole- below average defender. At, I don't know, actually, maybe average, but they're a pretty, they're a pretty like offense-heavy team, I'd say. Other than Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, but and Alfred Camino, and Alfred Camino, but like. Alfred Camino is Alfred Camino. <laughs> he couldn't put it. <laughs> Dude, I dug into him so much last year. In, I know. In, so in the Trailblazers playoffs. You, ha- you hated on Alfred Camino because of his performance in the playoffs. I can turn around and be like, Alfred Camino he's, is a he's lot. The savior, is locked dude. down. He's the savior. No, okay. In, okay. Fine. Go All right. On. So we got. So we've yes. both done. I've done my. I've said my eight and I've said my seven, being the Orlando Magic and the Miami Heat. You implied who, that you would wrap. You had the Raptors on your list. I do have the Raptors. The Raptors were my number ten. I have the Raptors at they six. Weren't, they were not my number nine even. They weren't my next team in. I have the Raptors at six. Um, I've seen some lists. For example, like ESPN actually had them a little bit higher than this than the six seed in the, in the East, and like they're in their power rankings, um, which is obviously different than what we're doing. But the, I think that like they lost Kawhi Leonard, obviously. And I don't think that Pascal Siakam is going to make a jump big enough to be, like, putting them back in, like, the Eastern Conference Finals. I just don't, like, the, he's just not, he's not going to be good enough next year. Agreed. But, <laughs> but like, with Marcus Gasol, Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, like, I think this team is still going to be solid enough where they're going to win some regular season games. I don't think they're going to have the shot, the don't think they're gonna have the shot-making ability or the shot-creation ability. God, I think that Pascal Siakam has got, like, a pretty, I wouldn't say it's a like a large bag of moves, a large like variety of moves, but there's some pretty hard to stop moves. That spin move, like he, like he's yeah, just. I, a, I understand. Pascal he's dangerous. Siakam's really good. I, I like him. And I think him. that I think that I think that Kyle Lowry can still create some shots in the regular season, of course, because okay, playoff Kyle saying, Lowry. We're not going to talk he, about he that. Played, he played but, in the finals. But I do think that like this team can still win some regular season games. I so I think that. I'm still going to go with them over the Miami Heat because even though they lost Kawhi Leonard, I think this team is actually still pretty well constructed. This team won the championship last year, and you take away one of, the one of if not the best player in the league. Yes, obviously that's going to be a huge like loss, and it's going to hurt a lot. But like last year, they were the two seed. Kawhi didn't. Kawhi played probably like what sixty some games. Yeah, I knew you were going to bring that up. That- so like. I, the, the Raptors, like, even when... So, going back to when they had DeMar DeRozan, this was always a team that would, like, be first or second seed in the Eastern Conference, and they would kind of flop in the playoffs. And I don't think they're going to be winning enough games in the regular season to be first or second seed in the Eastern Conference, because they're not good enough for that. But I still think that this Toronto Raptors team is constructed to win a decent amount of regular season games. I, I just don't see how... I would they're pick, gonna win tight. Games. I would pick. I would pick the Miami Heat over them in a playoff series. No, we yeah, But I understand. In, but in the regular the season, okay. To, in an 82 game regular season, I'm gonna have the Toronto Raptors winning more would, games would, than the Miami I would, Heat. I would, I would pick Magic. the Magic over the Heat. 
I would pick the Magic over the them. Raptors. I would pick the Heat over them. I would pick the Pistons over them. I would pick the Bulls over them. Because of just okay. the Bulls' pure offense. The, the Bulls were my number nine, by the way. The, they, I have, they, I have, they make my list. I have Pistons at nine and Bulls at ten. So I don't... I don't th- and, and I, I don't think... at seven. I understand... Like, the, the Raptors having them, like, this high is a little bit weird. Like, it just doesn't really totally make sense when you think about, like... They don't really have, like, that guy yet. It's just, like, a totally changed team where you rip out one of the best guys in the league from a championship contender. It's, like... It, I, it's going to be a process. Like what? Like what? What's going to happen? With I them? just think they're not going to be able to heal. I think it's going to be too big of a hole, and they're not going to have the shot creation. And I don't even know if they're going to have the defense. I understand what you mean. Like they don't have that go-to guy anymore, yeah, unless and Pascal like, Siakam makes becomes that. But that's yet to be seen. He hasn't proven that. We yet. have we have but, the Pistons who have Blake Griffin. We but, have the Heat who have Jimmy Butler. We have the Bulls who have. A medley of players, including but Zach unless Levine. you're like telling me that Derrick Rose is going to have the same first half of the season that he had last year, I'm not taking the Pistons over the Raptors. They have unless unless like they the Bulls come in defense. and like everybody has gotten so much better. I don't see like Jim Boylan's Bulls like making this total turnaround, going from the 13 seed last year to being like better than the, I think the, the, like I think last the value of internal improvement with a young team is being underrated here. I think Laurie Markkinen is going to have like an all-star caliber campaign. Definitely. Like I, I think that's definitely possible. And so but, will Zach Levine. They're going to have two borderline all-stars. But this team was nowhere not near... Not get it because they won't team, have enough wins. This team was nowhere near ready for it last year. The thing is, even like the entire team would have to make such a huge leap to get into the playoffs from 13 to 8 to make the playoffs... Going up literally five seeds, I just don't see it happening this year. I don't. I give it give it three years, and this team could be top five in the East. I don't think this year is the year they make the playoffs, and that's why I have them at ten. I think they're going to be close. I think they're going to win some games. I think they're going to put up a lot of points. They're going to have like Laurie Markin and Zach Levine are going to have like two sort of like breakout up, years. They're going to put up numbers. They have the shot making. They're going to put yeah. They're going to put up numbers. You need an NBA. You, just, you need you need shot making. That's what the Raptors but, don't have. But their identity, the Chicago Bulls, still haven't found their the identity. The Raptors don't they, have an identity. They lost Kawhi but Leonard. The Raptors, but the Raptors last year they were built on defense, right? And so I think that that defensive presence, where like you still have Marcus Saul protecting the paint, you still have Pascal Siakam, who's an incredibly versatile defender. Kyle Lowry, who's a good, pretty solid defender. Like Ojan Anobi coming off the bench. Like they, they're just a good defensive team. I think they're well rounded and well built even without Kawhi Leonard the Chicago Bulls are so adjusted to this losing atmosphere that they don't know what leads that can to totally wins. change look what that, look, yes. look what the Sacramento yes. Kings did last but year but do you do you realize I'm having them go up three seeds I'm having them win a lot more games than they did last year I'm having the Chicago Bulls probably win 15 more games than they did last year but that's probably not going to be enough to make for them to make the playoffs you can't be the second or like the third worst team in the in the Eastern Conference and then jump to a playoff team They're, just based I, I on internal improvement. I have them on nine. I have them at ten, right? So, so I'm saying like, but you said you would have them over the Raptors. Yeah, because the Raptors I are my agree. ten. Okay, I just I didn't even consider them really for the playoffs. I'm like, okay, they have one very good player in Pascal Siakam. They don't have what it takes to get back to this. I I see what you're talking about, but I think this team is too it's too solid with Nick Nurse still coaching it with Masai Ujiri as the GM like I, the fr- the front office is too stable the roster is too solid to just like totally fall apart without Kawhi Leonard I think they're still going to be solid they're they're not built for playoff success I mean, they're built for regular season success the Grizzlies before they traded everyone like they were solid they just weren't good that's what, that's, the six that seed, my the six seed, I would call solid, but not like very good, right? But the Grizzlies were bad 
last year. Like, yeah, the Grizzlies were bad last year. Like, but I don't understand. Before, I don't understand your them. point. I'm um, I'm saying they had a solid. You're you're arguing that they still have this solid base. I'm just saying like, hey, that doesn't always work. No, no, it doesn't. Always this work, is but, just my example that I yeah, use. Yeah, um, I understand. What you're I, I want to talk. You about, get in. You get okay. into because I've listed right now my six yeah, 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 yeah. through ten teams. So okay, you got to no, uh, catch up. Where to do me. you have the Pistons? You have the Pistons at nine. I have the Pistons at nine. I have the Pistons at seven, I believe. Okay. Yes, I have the Pistons at seven because you argued that like. You're just not taking the Pistons. They they like they have the stale feeling. I feel like that's fair. I, I, I wrote here for the Pistons. Just the strangest roster ever. I don't like this at all. <laughs> it's, it's, I just like, don't. I, I just don't like the Pistons roster. I have the depth chart, and I like it a lot more than last year. I don't know why. Even if, even if but, there like, aren't that many. Who did they changes. add? They added Derrick okay. Rose and Markeith Morris. Okay, I would argue that Luke Kennard is going to be like the X factor for this team. He's he's. <laughs> Lefty Luke Kennard, my man can shoot the ball. If you if you look at his shooting splits last year, he like average like I think he's gonna go out and average like an efficient seventeen points per game, like, <laughs> like prime with, with prime Evan Fournier numbers. Like that, that's, Kennard, what remind, that's what he yeah, reminds me of. How many points did Luke Kennard? Shout out Funky Diabetic. He made an entire video about this. I totally think he's gonna go off. Okay, so, okay. While you're doing that, I'm just gonna go over the roster. You have point guard. You have Reggie Jackson, you have Derrick Rose, you have Bruce Brown, who I'm pretty sure from all. So you're gonna say he's jumping from maker. ten points per game to seventeen points per game. If you look at the, his second half of last <laughs> year, it was it, it was very good. If you look, so at, then how bad was his first half of his last year? If, he, if it led to ten points, per game. I don't know, man. But like towards the end of the season, he was like really putting up good numbers. So I would say at point guard, you have a you have a good corpse that can make shots. You have Derrick Rose, Reggie Jackson, Bruce Brown out of Auburn, who's a beast. He can make. Hella shots, great pickup. Uh, shooting guard Luke Kennard, I, I'm so I'm such a fan. I think he's gonna average like 16, 17 points per game, m- maybe 15. It's gonna be efficient. He can actually space the floor for them. Shout out space the floor. That, and you also have Tony Snell, new addition. He can shoot the three as well. So I feel like th- yes. this Pistons team Tony always like Snell. this this Pistons team always struggled to have shooting. Now you have Derrick Rose off the bench who can actually shoot threes. Now you have Luke Kennard as a great but, shooter. But, okay, Tony so talking Snell about talking about how shooter. good Luke Kennard's second half of last season was, let's talk about how bad Derrick Rose's second half of last season was from behind the arc. Atrocious compared to his first half of the season. First half of the season he was shooting like forty eight percent from three. The second half of the season it was like thirty, like maybe even below. Really? Yes. His second know. half of the season, he shot like thirty percent from three after like dropping down from forty, for, for like forty eight. So like. While while I see what you're saying, like they've definitely made some improvements, like, and you yeah, again like home yeah. access internal improvement thing. I just think the roster is like too weird having Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. Like, I just I just don't get. It's just not well. It's Blake Griffin is clearly the best guy in this team, but it's just not a well put together roster around Blake Griffin. Like having I agree with you that Luke Kennard like at your two guard as a like pretty efficient shooter. Like I think that's, that's not a, a bad pairing. thing. That's not a bad thing. Yeah, that's it a works great well with Blake for a Griffin. Team that has Blake Griffin and Andre. But then, ha- but putting Blake players. Griffin like as the starting in the in the front court, starting next to Tony Snell, like Tony Snell is starting. That's not a good thing. <laughs> like Reggie Jackson, maybe Reggie Jackson like five years ago, but Reggie Jackson basically since he got to the Pistons has been kind of whack. Reggie Jackson five years ago was a backup. But any, yeah, anyways, but but he was I, yeah, solid I, I, on the okay, Thunder. I, I, right? like, I understand. He, he has not Reggie looked up when the Pistons. Not ideal. Yeah, I don't. Know. I, I just Andre like, Drummond, like it, he can get you rebounds, but he's not going to space the floor. I just don't think it's well. I like Blake Griffin when he's healthy and when he's playing, and I think that he actually like he puts up huge numbers and like he can definitely lead you to some wins. But I don't think this team is well put together enough to like actually be good. I think first of all, the they had this lineup last year. I think it was. I don't know. Whoever their five starters were, 
that lineup was like one of the three most used lineups in the league. They had absolutely no bench. And I'm not saying their bench is saved, but I'm just saying they have a bit of depth with Tim Frazier, Langston Galloway, Seku, who's their new rookie, who's good, Derek Rose, uh, I don't want to say Thon Maker to support my argument, but Markeith uh, Morris, that's a pretty good I would be up. confident in, like, Markeith Morris, and, like, that's about it, putting him in at the end of the game, out of those guys. Derek Rose, maybe. We'll see about Derek Rose, because I honestly think that, like, Derek Rose could have like a career revival like as like a sixth man type of guy where like he just comes off the bench and just like putting up big numbers like kind of like he did for minnesota in like the first half of last year but other than that like i don't really feel confident any of those guys putting them in and being like solid role players in a playoff team i just like like langston galloway is really going to be like your seventh man on like a on like a seven seed team i don't know i don't know i like their starting lineup i think that it you have two guys who have like, or, like, proven all-stars, but, like, there was never the supporting cast, and I think they finally, like, complemented that in, in a way that's pretty good. They've but, definitely made improvements to complement it. I agree with you okay. on that. But I don't think I don't think it's going to be enough of a difference to, like, make this team win a lot of play, a regular season games. So let's summarize the bottom half of our lifts, okay. lists, just to clarify. Uh, for, for counting down from 10 to 6, 10 Raptors, 9 Bulls, 8 Heat, 7 Pistons, 6 Magic. Okay. I have 10, the Chicago Bulls, 9, the Pistons, 8, the Magic, 7, the Heat, 6, the Raptors. Okay. So that was more different than I was expecting. Yeah. Same. I was not expecting you to have the Raptors outside of the playoffs. But number 10. That kind of shows, like, this is so what's sort of so exciting about the NBA is, like, really anything could happen next season. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it's, it's going to be interesting. You know, like, we could both be totally wrong. We could both be totally right, like, We'll see. But this is why we got a podcast about the NBA. Yep. It is. All right. Who's your number five? My number five is the Boston Celtics. I think that... Interesting. Interesting? Why is that interesting? Actually, no. Let let me talk about the Boston Celtics. I have them higher. You you have them higher. Okay. I think the Boston Celtics are going to be a bit overhyped this year. I think Kemba Walker is going to be outstanding. I think player for player, he's not as good as Kyrie Irving. Yep. I think that's a little bit gassed up. And I think that it's going to take a while to restore like the Celtics culture. And I understand that like yep. um, Terry Rozier and Marcus Morris are gone. And that's yeah. like a, that's a big thing. And they were hijacking all the shots from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown or whatever. But I still think that, I don't know, this, this doesn't strike me as a 55-win team. And I, yeah. th- I think the two teams above it, are going to have better seasons just because they're better built rosters and like have had some success as teams even like missing their best player or something like that but which we'll talk about later but i just think that overall yeah you have jason tatum he first of all needs to stop taking mid-range jump shots and think he's kobe bryant (laughs) secondly i think that yeah the shot making (laughs) the shot making is there in the starting lineup i think it falls off a bit and overall i just think that the teams above it I, I was back and forth between the Celtics and and the Nets. Yeah, okay. I have the Nets at five. You have the Nets at five. No way to me. No way the Nets win more games than the than the Celtics. I think that the world just kind of fell asleep on Karis LeVert real quick. I, he was like going to be an All Star in my opinion, but, but until at the same he went time, down like, with an injury. How many games in did he get? Did he get injured? Like, like thirty or something? Yeah, like twenty. Like I, I it was 30. pretty. It was pretty early in the season. So like while while Karis LeVert had like a huge start to last season, like. 
at the beginning of last season, we thought Blake Griffin might win the MVP. Like, like for the first 10 games of last... Like, it changes, you know? So, like, that's not to say, just based on those 30 games, that we can come in and say that, like, Karis Levert is going to be, like, a top 20 player in the Eastern Conference next year. Karis Levert like, played 40 games last year. But that was in- really? That was including... Oh, the end of this. Yeah, the end of the season where, came where, back. His, where his numbers went down. Yeah. So, um, in, in total, he only averaged 13 points per game. But I do, I do, I do agree with you that, like... Karis Levert is going to be an underrated piece, and people have sort of like forgotten how good he was for that short period of time. Um, and I think that honestly, him and him and Kyrie in the backcourt is going to be like super, super dangerous. And he he only and played, I'm really excited to watch he that. He only played but, 26 minutes a game last year. Mm, which yeah, I, I think is going to be really big. But I, and I I like this I like this Brooklyn Nets team. I like. I I just don't think that they're going to win more games than the Celtics. I, I, when it comes down to it, I just like. I think the Celtics are more comfortable with each other and like who they are, sort of, and like what they're trying to do next season. Does that does that tie in with the pending Kevin Durant thing? What do you mean? Like in in terms of like Kyrie Irving is going to be like yeah yeah. Okay. And I think that I think that this this Brooklyn Nets team has got to be Kyrie's statement year, right? So the this last year I think it will honestly. It it, it has to be. So it so I I think it will too. But last season. Whether it's a good statement or a bad statement, it's going to be a statement here. Oh, okay. I was just saying. I, I think statement. it's going to be a good statement, but yeah. last last year was basically the first time we saw Kyrie since he was like a 22 year old on a team without LeBron James on a team that was his team. So while it was a little bit of a disappointment, and now the whole world is sort of hating on Kyrie Irving, if he wants to prove himself as one of the best players in the Eastern Conference and as one of the best players in the league. As this like top two or three point guard in the NBA, he's really got to come out next year and and win a lot of games. I mean, I, I I think he's gonna do solid. I think that it, I have him as the five seed. I don't think that he's gonna do well enough without Kevin Durant to be like shocking the entire world and being like top three. I think a top three player, a top three playoff play like oh, seed in the Eastern okay, Conference. Got you. So that's why I have him I, at five. I, I feel like you're just not appreciating this team as a whole. First of no, all, I, I, top three point guard. I what you top mean. three point guard. Yeah, I agree with that. And out there. So you haven't missed better than Russell Westbrook, because when we had a whole debate about that, yeah. are you admitting that you uh, agree yes. with me now? Yes. Yes. Okay. Gla- we welcome you to the Kyrie Irving <laughs> over Russell Westbrook train. <laughs> um, okay, Karis LeVert we talked about. We're talking about two more shot makers, Joe Harris, Torian Prince. Yeah. I, uh, Torian Prince, great pickup in my opinion. I mean, is he's a shot maker, not a shot, not a shot creator, right? That's what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, like yeah. he, like, he'll hit he, the open he'll three. Make like shots. Joe Harris is a lights out shooter. Talking about shot creators, Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. We, we all know yeah. what Spencer Dinwiddie can do. Mm-hmm. He, he got paid for a reason. I mean, he deserves that money. He's definitely one of the better backup guards in the league. Yeah. And, and, and another, uh, creator, I don't know if you, how to pronounce his name, but like Kirkus or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I, I think he shows some potential. I'm really excited to see what he's, he can do. And it's, it's Cruz, I, feel like I think. Cruz. Um, and I don't know, just the shot making on this team, you have Joe Harris, Torian Prince, Garrett Temple. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it falls off a, only a little bit at like the backup small forward spot. I don't really know what's going to happen there. Like if they're going to have to give David Nwaba minutes. Yeah. But, and also I feel like, the world's kind of forgot about Jared Allen. I, I hope that yeah. he starts because he deserves it over yeah, DeAndre over Jordan, DeAndre, but I don't yeah. think he's going to. Yeah. But DeAndre Jordan, Jared Allen, I think this team's defense is going to be pretty good if Joe Harris can hold mm-hmm. up and if Kyrie Irving like, yeah. plays defense in a system that isn't run by Brad Stevens. I agree with you. I'm I'm super, super, super excited for this team with, um, with, with KD back. 
as of right now, I don't think they're quite there. I think they're going to have a good season. They're going to actually impress a lot of people. I think that a lot of people are going to watch Kyrie Irving playing this year and be really impressed with what he does with this roster. So I have the I have the teams above them scooching out like okay. a few more games than they do, yes, just like edging them out. So I think this- I have there being a pretty big gap in wins between the Brooklyn Nets at number five and the Raptors at number six. Uh, yeah, like yeah, I think, same, the, same, I think same. the Brooklyn Nets could be like a forty-five win, fifty win team, whereas like the Raptors are going to be more like forty. Or no, no, wait, way more than that actually. Yeah, yeah I would say yeah, like, yeah, a yeah, fifty like, something win team. Yeah, fifty something. Yeah, fifty something. Like, I would say the whereas the Raptors would be like forty, forty-five. Yeah, I feel like the eight seed is going to be like forty-two wins in the East. Like, I, like they might be less than forty. Yes, like the West okay. is that good. Yeah, remember it that might year be, the Phoenix, it might be like a thirty-eight win team. Yeah, remember, the, remember that year the Phoenix Suns with like Goran Dragic and Isaiah Thomas had like forty-five wins and didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, like they would be like the seven seed in the yeah. East or something. Yeah, East West is crazy. So I'm assuming. So you, you have, have you have the Celtics at four. I have the Celtics three, which leaves the Pacers at four. Wow, the disrespect. So we were so literally three about Celtics, to bring our four, friend Nick- Pacers five Nets. Three Pacers, four Celtics, five, uh, three Pacers, four Nets, five Celtics. We were literally about to bring our friend Nick Marzen on to defend the Pacers because he's the biggest Pacers fan we both know. Yeah, and you just out here disrespecting the Indiana. I don't Pacers. think this is. I don't think this is total disrespect because. Do you think it'll be close? Uh, yeah, I do. I think this. I think it'll come down to it. I think that the Pacers are going to be a really, really good team this year. Um, you just don't think I'm not confident. I'm not confident in the Celtics at all, to be honest with you. I have the Celtics at three because I just I, I, I like the Celtics and I like the way they play. I'm not confident in having them at three at all because they totally lost. He's they just lost. unraveling his whole list. Okay, I'm I, I'm sticking with the Celtics at three. I'm sticking with them at three, but at the same time, I can't say I'm confident in it. I could see the Celtics. I like I could I could see the the Brooklyn Nets like and Pacers moving up and the Celtics going down to like five, but. I'm sticking with them at three because even though that they lost, like they lost their identity, they lost, they lost their whole identity in Al Horford. That is a hugely underrated loss for the Celtics. Oh yeah. I didn't even talk about that. Oh they my God. They lost Al Horford. Oh yeah. Okay. Go, that is going a, back. That to is this. a massive, how did I, massive, not, how massive did I not talk about that? Because Al Horford is the single best player in the Eastern conference at guarding Joel Embiid. That's more playoff wise. He's the single best player in the Eastern Conference at guarding Joel Embiid, yes. and he's one of the best players in the in the league at guarding Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo. So and coming to the playoffs, they like, play that's both of those teams, but they'll play them both like two or three times. Right? Four, four, yeah. Okay. At least the 76ers four times. So that those are gonna and those are gonna be really key games because those are the teams that are also at the top of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and but I would but, say just the defense as a whole. Instead of Al Horford, was, you're playing Enos. Exactly, Canter. and 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 I think that the the entire identity of the Celtics last year was that like we're gonna play super solid defense because our offense is a little bit crazy right now. We don't know yeah, who's gonna no, take the shot. Stupid for we got too many shots. Three. That's never. Gonna we got happen. too many shot creators. I totally but, forgot about Al Horford. But Al Horford. I really like the fact that even though they lost Al Horford, the other players that they've cleared out. They've, they've gotten rid of, I think, all of the problems that they had from last season. I don't think that all the problems were Kyrie's fault. I think that is totally overblown that Kyrie is this, like, cancer to the Celtics system last year and that he was the reason they were disappointing. I don't think that's fair. He had a terrible last playoff series, but that's not, like, the t- entire reason that the Celtics were not as good as expected last year. I think that the other players that you mentioned, like Marcus Morris and Terry Rozier, 
that were sort of like taking a lot of shots and trying to like prove themselves. It was a contract year for Terry Rozier, and so he had to prove himself, and like he felt like he had to like score more. It just wasn't a team that was very cohesive and like agreeing on one purpose, and that being to win games. Like it was just a little bit all over the place. I think that they did a good job of sort of hitting that like sort of reset and really clearing up what they want and who the guys they're going to focus on for next year. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum should enter next season way more confident in themselves and in their roles in the team. They've already made it very clear they love Kemba Walker, and it's been, I'm, I'm sure, an incredible experience to play with Kemba Walker on Team USA. Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Kemba Walker were all playing together on Team USA. So I think that they're going to walk in much more confident in themselves offensively, even though their defense is going to suffer. But I don't think that that loss of Al Horford will really, really, really hurt them until the playoffs. So I think I'm going to have them winning more more games with their sort of new rebuilt identity than last year. Okay. I, even I though even though Kemba Walker is not as good as Kyrie Irving. But I, I, I think that it's better for their locker room. I think the only like valid argument ever to, to think that the Pacers are going to finish lower than Celtics in win totals is just if Victor Oladipo comes back a bit late. Because that that's a factor. I think that this team is so well built. I keep saying that about teams, but I think this team is so well built. They lost uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. That's why I was. Gonna, that's what, literally what I was about to say. Bogdan Bogdanovich. However, they replaced that shot making with Malcolm Brogdon, uh, 50-40-90 club, and Jeremy Lamb and TJ mm-hmm. Warren, who are three, I would say, quality starters in the league. Yeah, and they yeah. started all of them. And when Victor, they're going to start all of them. And when Victor Oladipo comes back, you're going to have like Jeremy Lamb on your bench, which I think is pretty lethal. And you have a pretty solid bench. Uh, talking about T.J. McCollum, Doug McDermott, Doug McDermott, um, some, some shot making there. And I just think that when you, they're like the Spurs of the East. I, I, I always say this with Nate McMillan as the coach. He's just such a good coach, and he runs this organization so well that I think they're, they've just been a well-oiled machine the past two years, ever since the Paul George trade. And yeah. even before that, honestly. I I agree with you that the, the additions of Malcolm Brogdon and TJ Warren are huge. They're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be cost a few games by Victor Oladipo coming back a little bit late. But I think that the biggest thing is they lost okay, so they lost Bojan Bogdanovich, Darren Collison, Thaddeus Young, Corey Joseph, Tyreek Evans, and Wesley Matthews. That the biggest loss by far is Bojan Bogdanovich. Yeah. Because Bojan Bogdanovich basically kept this team afloat alongside Sabonis and Miles Turner when Victor Oladipo went out last year, leading them to finish the five seed and not, like, fall out of the playoffs, as we probably would have expected them to when they lost Victor Oladipo. But with all of those players gone, after when you take that into consideration, the additions of Malcolm Brogdon and TJ Warren don't look quite so good. Not that they're not great I, players, I but it doesn't look quite so net positive when you think about all those guys. I understand they that, lost. But even if they weren't a net positive, they were the three seed by far in the East. And I understand you could say like, oh, just the Celtics were worse, but I think that they were so clearly like the third best team in the Eastern yeah. Conference that I think that is just like irrelevant. And I think the Pacers are just going to take the league by storm again, finish as a third seed. I think they're going to be a tier below the Bucks and the Celt and the Seventy Sixers, just based off of talent really but yeah, I, I, think I think that i think we can agree that the celtics pacers and nets are going to fit into the same sort of tier of these teams right behind a separate tier that's the that's the bucks and the uh sixers but i and i was i was close to putting the 
Pacers in that tier, but I just I don't see them as finals contenders. So I I did split my teams up into tiers. I don't know. I they might be finals contenders if if Victor Oladipo comes back and is like really healthy. Like watch out, the Pacers are going to be dangerous. So you also but, think that the Celtics are finals contenders? I would pick the Cel- the the Pacers in a seven game series over the Celtics. And you're- but I would pick the Cel- Cel- uh, the Celtics to win more games than the Pacers. And that really comes down to Al Horford. The Al Horford loss isn't going to hurt the Celtics in the as much season. as it will until we reach the playoffs. Like, I don't know, it's going to hurt Te- them way more in the playoffs. Teams expose matchups in the regular season too. They do, they do, especially and, and like, Kanter, with one of like the most famous matchups. Ennis Cantor is going to Cantor is going to be exposed like on, a, night, the on a nightly basis. Yeah, but and then like, you've also got the Celtics. We understand the, he did well in the playoffs, mm-hmm. but I think that like, but 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 everything in the. Every weakness just becomes so elevated when it comes down to like the second, third, like and beyond rounds of the playoffs. And you're playing a team seven nights. Exactly right. So like, like you figure it out, and weeks. like when your entire game plan is just attacking one guy, like that's going to be way more exposed. Yeah, um, I, I understand that, but I, I think that like Enos Cantor has been on the on the end of so many like Steph Curry matchups and James Harden matchups like highlight reels that I think like people know he's like almost like the most famous guy to just like switch a pick and roll oh and, and that, that that's a layup or that's a three yeah, pointer. Yeah. So I think that that's just gonna kill the Celtics. Especially Brad Stevens is used to having one of the best def- team defensive centers in the entire league. Yeah. And it the, that's why I clearly have the Celtics before. I think that the Pacers are up in in almost like a mid-tier between the 4-5 and the 1-2. And I just think that, like, it's almost not going to matter. Um, do, do you want to move on to the top two? Yeah, so I think that our top two are going to look exactly the same with yeah. Bucks at 1 and Pacers, and 76ers at 2. Sorry. Bucks 1, Sixers 2. Um, the Sixers are just a... They're a weird team. They're a weird team. And and, it, and it's because partially because they have no bench. But also partially because they lost Jimmy Butler, who was their closer, and they lost J.J. Redick, who was their best shooter. And so I have the 70 the 76ers at number two because I like I like the 76ers a lot. I'm wearing a Ben Simmons shirt right now. I, I like the whole roster. But they're not going to be as good as the Bucks because... They're just a weird team. Like replacing replacing Al Horford and Josh Richardson with Jimmy Butler and JJ Redick, it just doesn't fit the roster. I think Al Horford huge for the playoffs. Josh Richardson great addition for this like for this team and what they need. But then you also think about like the ideal roster for this team would have been for the for the regular season. The ideal roster for this team would be keep JJ Redick and Josh Richardson, lose Jimmy Butler and Al Horford. I think, and so then you've got lose Jimmy Butler, and so then you've Alfred. got so then you've got Ben Simmons, JJ Redick, Josh Richardson, um, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, because then you've got those two, three, and four guys would be just lights out shooters. Whereas like Al Horford can definitely space the floor a little bit, but he's also not the fastest guy, the most athletic guy. Like I don't know, he takes up a lot of space. It's sort of when it comes down to it, like he's gonna he's gonna clog it up a little bit, and that's <laughs> already rebound. sort of a problem. He's not going to be. He's not so lethal from outside that like, he's not a stretch four quite the same way that Tobias Harris would be. Um, and Josh Richardson, like, 
I love Josh Richardson just because he's he's going to be the perfect thing for this Sixers team. But they lost JJ Redick, and they also don't have a closer now. And I think that's going to be just like it's going to really hurt them. They don't have but a closer. Who? Well, who's going to be their closer? Because Jimmy Butler was their closer. I think th- at this point in their in his career, you either can't call Joel Embiid a top but, ten player, or he's your closer. Yeah, and, and I, that's true. But he hasn't proven that he's a closer yet, right? So I hope that I hope that this season he comes out and I, he's I taking the think, shots. I, the I, game, I think but he hasn't yet. I think he's career. good enough to where it just doesn't matter. I, I agree. If, with if you, you get him to touch the ball, then he he's should in a position be. To close. He should be dominant to like where if you give the ball with him at the end of the game, he's just going to put it in the basket. But he's yet to totally prove that, if that makes sense. I, I'm Part sorry, of that is because he misses games and stuff. Like I'm that. asking. He's been injured, but is Carl is Carl Anthony Towns closer? Um, I would argue yes. I mean, it was Jimmy Butler when Jimmy Butler was on the team, but like, I'm not really sure. I think like, that, probably. I don't know. Like scoring but, like, wise, him and Embiid are the two best. The Timberwolves aren't in that many close games where they're really trying to win because they're not a very good team. But yeah, I understand that. But I, I would say that I would say yes. I would say. Anthony Davis, yes. And I would definitely say Joel Embiid, yes. Those are like yeah. the three big men who are like top tier closers. Yeah. I think that that's going to be the strongest kind of suit for the 76ers. They don't have like this Jimmy Butler thing of like, okay, like this guy's 28 and has been an all star and is a and is a wing, so he has the ball in the first place. Mm-hmm. But how do we reconcile that with also having a top 10 player? Yeah. And that, that's the biggest, like, plus for me. But I think the biggest minus, you talked about this as well, is just the shooting is going to kill them. Yeah. Like, kill them. And I still think that... Yeah. There and is the a problem with two, and the lack of depth. Yes. Like, that's, they're just they're just a flawed <laughs> team. As before, the sh- before the show, I, I was talking, I was messing with Connor because I know he's a 76ers fan. And I told him, I was like, I was like, I'm looking at the... I was at the 76ers depth. I just laughed. The fact that it doesn't exist. I'm like, yes, the fact that it doesn't exist because it doesn't. Yeah, it's it's really, it's like not a thing. This starting five, each of these five guys to like individually are fantastic. Just such uh, ho- great NBA players. Hopefully Brett Brown but just when like you, staggers the minutes. Yeah, but like when you, exactly when you put all five of those guys together, it's just a weird like incompatible group of guys. Yeah. Like I, I don't even, even know who Shake just, Milton is and he's their backup <laughs> he's their backup point guard. Even like just Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Just like they don't fit that that great together. Right? Yeah. Al Horford and Joel Embiid in the same back and the same front court is just weird. It's not yeah no. Having Tobias Harris at the small forward instead of being a stretch four uh, yes. a little bit weird. I, I would say no, I think that's more than weird. I think that you just paid a guy like thirty five million dollars a year and instead of him having like a thirty million dollar value that immediately brings him to like a twenty million dollar value. Because he, he's gonna turn into a spot up shooter that's yeah. only pretty good at shooting. Instead of being a nightmare problem for other power forwards. Yeah, which I mean, I, it's just it's poorly managed. They have too many cooks in the starting lineup. Their starting lineups, like like talent wise, might be the best in the league. Yeah, but but, but not quite compatible. It just doesn't quite fit. All the yeah. puzzle pieces are like yeah. a little bit. And also, like rough. Zaire Smith and Shake Milton are like weird pieces to have. Like <laughs> like, are you gonna play like Zaire Smith like with Ben Simmons? Because I feel like that like yeah, like Zaire Smith's like really athletic and dunk. Like he he's, he gives off like Dennis Smith it's, vibes. It's just a weird team, and and I still think they're gonna win a lot of regular season games. I know I, I, I we don't, both I, have them as a two seed. I think that they're that's why they're not number I one. Think they're that's gonna why be they're number one because talent wise they should be. They're gonna be like more than five games behind the Bucks. Yeah, talent wise they should be the number one team in the East, but they're not because they're a weird team. Yeah, and they're that's what it comes. I down think to. they're gonna be. This is my thing. 
they're going to be closer to the Pacers than the Bucks in terms of wins. Mm-hmm. So why do we have them over the Pacers, Celtics, Nets? <laughs> I was I was thinking that I was I was about to like, am I going to be really ballsy and go Pacers at two? And I was this close to doing it. Really? <laughs> yeah, and I was like. Mm, I can't reconcile having a lineup with Joel Embiid, Al Horford, Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson, Ben Simmons. Yeah. Like, ahead of a team with one all-star. I, yeah. I just couldn't do yeah. it. Yeah. I, I, I was very close. Because that Indiana Pacers team is just the most, like, beautiful, well-oiled machine, as you mentioned. And the Sixers team, not quite so smooth. But it's just so talented. And, and in the regular season, like, it kind of comes down to talent over compatibility just because the regular season it's 82 games like even if you have some like breakout performances or whatever like it's gonna go back down to the mean to like the general Mm -hmm. average and i think that talent affects the average more than like whatever the pacers have going on which which is good but i think that yeah so that leaves the bucks at number one at least the bucks at number one i want to talk about them for a little bit they lost brogdon and miritich yeah. Which which hurts because it's the, it's that's a lot of shooting. Miritich, it's a lot of shooting. Miritich, in my opinion, not the end of the world. Yeah, like it's more so Brogdon, who's fifty forty ninety club. Like that's yeah, that's a big deal when there there were star there player, were times, your MVP. There were times in the Eastern Conference Finals when Malcolm Brogdon was so clearly their second best player, when Chris Milton just like wasn't making shots, and yeah. even their best player sometimes when Giannis wasn't playing that well, and you just had Malcolm Brogdon out there, like, <laughs> draining shots, and the rest of the Bucks being like, okay, we're yeah. just going to watch this kid go to work. We're going to watch the president go but, to work. But with the re-signing of Chris Middleton, this is, the, got paid. this is the most similar team at the top of the Eastern Conference from last year. Sixers, Celtics, Pacers, Nets. Even, like, going down to the Raptors, Miami Heat. It's the only constant. Total shake-up. Totally, yeah. like redone roster but this milwaukee bucks team they lost two guys but other than that they're basically walking in with the same team that was number one seed last year honestly same can be said about the western conference too like you have you have lakers clippers warriors everything has been shaken up in the league Mm -hmm. except for i would say the nuggets and the bucks yep and for that's the reason why you have Jokic and Giannis as the two mvp favorites i guess yeah yeah i agree with that because their situations were ideal last year and they didn't change all right, and so that's that's what you see. Um, so I think I think that's gonna wrap up this thirty seventh episode of Space Floor Me podcast. Yeah, we're gonna cut we're it gonna off do here. a part two, I guess. A part two, the thirty eighth official episode for the Western Conference, just yeah. for time wise. And thank you so much for listening. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, subscribe and rate us five stars, maybe. Uh, it, it helps a lot. Do you want to go through our list one more time, real oh, quick? Just yeah, like yeah, let's yeah, just yeah, go. Yeah. Let's just go through. Okay, yep. so. Bucks, Sixers, Celtics, Pacers, Nets, Raptors, Heat, Magic, Pistons, Bulls. Bucks, 76ers, Pacers, Nets, Celtics, Magic, Pistons, Heat, and then Bulls and Raptors. All right. So thank you for listening for real this time. Yeah, for real. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I think we had pretty different lists. I think think it was pretty good. All right. Uh, Thank you for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. That'd be much appreciated. Helps helps grow us. And we got a lot more coming this year. And comment below your standings or win totals for this year. Who you agree with. Yeah. Whose list was better. Yeah. Connor or Connor. And (laughs) uh, we'll see you guys. Peace. Peace.